Hello, hello. Welcome to the End Evil Podcast. This is Chris Jansen, and evil is the destruction of freedom. The End Evil Podcast is dedicated to the book, The End of All Evil by Jeremy Locke. And uh, I'm constantly, week by week, looking for different ways to break down the concepts of natural law to um, the importance of freedom and really care, care for principles and care for uh, what's really important in this lifetime and what we can do with our time and our energy. Today I have with me uh, uh, a guest I've been looking forward to meeting up with for a really long time. Welcome Logan Hart from the Wizard Factory. How are you doing, Logan? Thanks for coming. Doing great. Feeling great. Fantastic. Happy to be here, man. Yeah. And feeling great is kind of like our subject matter today. Um, I kind of connected, I connected with Logan purposefully. I've, he, he always does these awesome posts on Facebook and, um, he's very, um, honest person and he shares his own personal experience, even on the wizard factory too. And just very real person. And some of the things he's, um, talked about and shared have really reverberated with me, especially because the last two years have been tumultuous for me. Um, in terms of emotional, I've gone through multiple, um, I've traded jobs. I've gone to like three or four different jobs. Wait, how's it been? How many has it been? Five, six? I don't know. In two years, I've lived, I've moved like four times. <laughs> I've had like a couple real difficult relationship changes. And I know, Logan, you've discussed some difficult relationship changes in your last um, couple years. And so I really reverberated with what he was talking about with dealing with these really difficult um, life traumatic events and then one thing that has been a big realization to me is how much emotions and dealing with feelings affects my ability to um, be the person I want to be in the world to do this job I'm trying to do of teach natural law and freedom and I know that these things are also affecting everybody out there anyone who might be listening to this one of most people I suspect biggest obstacles is these feelings we have to deal with and how to be the person we want to be in this world when we have all these trauma and emotions. So um, that's just a quick intro, what inspired this episode. So um, I'll hand it off to you, Logan, to see how that strikes you. Yeah. I mean, this is a vast subject. Uh, obviously there's really nothing more universal than, than feelings. We all have them. They're all, you know, very difficult to navigate at times. So I think just being able to talk about it and, you know, uh, share our experiences and maybe some tools that we've used to overcome and get through some difficult times, I think can help be helpful for just about anyone and, and, you know, kind of cultivate that, that human connection, you know, that, that we're all one human family. We all feel pain and, you know, that's, that's important to remember too. Absolutely. So let's break down just a little bit um, up front. You know, I like to try to look at things whenever I possible from a trivium point of view. I'm not going to get into like really defining these words um, right now from the dictionary or anything or etymology, but um, just what are we talking about here? What kind of emotions, what are emotions and why are they so important was kind of the first thing that came to my mind. And for me, I'll just briefly throw it out there the main emotions i've dealt with in the last couple of years that have been difficult have been um depression and anxiety i mean for me the anger 
was something I really dealt with right in the beginning of 2020 with the pandemic. But that's not one I struggle with quite as much as personally, um, like anxiety and depression are the ones I deal with more. So those are the kind of emotions that I have most to talk about and share my personal experience with. But um, I think there are um, other emotions that we could discuss as well. Um, what, what do you think, Logan? Why are emotions so important? What are the ones that you find um, valuable to discuss? Yeah, I mean... For starters, you know, as far as what are emotions, I feel like they're, um, they're, they act as sort of an intermediary between the physical and the spiritual realms, right? They kind of give feedback and, and, and communication as to what's occurring. And that's why we have good emotions and bad emotions that kind of either confirm or, um, identify that there's something wrong, you know, happening and what, and then it's our job to exercise discernment of whether the the problem, you know, whatever is wrong is with the situation externally or with something internally, you know, as in how we're choosing to see something or the frame that we're, we're operating from. Right. But it's just kind of, that's how I see emotions in general is a way of communicating the higher self to kind of the body and the physical realm you know and it works it's like a two-way channel as well it's really important because um you know something that we talk about a lot natural law this concept that we have a conscience and that there is right and wrong and i think emotions serve as um almost like you said intermediary they're a signal a signpost Mm -hmm that comes deep from within and that we can't always control you know um i sent out an email to the One Great Work Warriors uh, newsletter. And by the way, folks, if you want to be part of that email list, go to chrisjansen.com and put your name in the um, subscriber list. Because, I, dude, I've been making little videos and share just quick little clips of things I'm thinking about during the week and share them with whoever's on that list to try to keep this conversation going with people. I think the more we all share our point of view, the more we can understand from different perspectives what we're all dealing with. But um, what I was trying to get at is emotions are a huge part of the understanding of natural law for me, because how else does our spirit, our soul communicate with us when we do something wrong, for instance, like guilt? People think of a guilt as kind of like a bad thing, but it's not. It's a great thing. Um, when you do something, when I do something and then I think about it later, like I'm laying in bed and I'm like, man, I shouldn't have said that thing to that person. Now I feel bad about it. That's like a really quality signal that I want to come through my system to let my mind and my physical body know like, hey, we don't want to hurt people. We don't like being hurt. You know, we, Mm -hmm. you know, I am talking to myself. There is this voice inside of my head and that's, that's a whole nother good subject too. But there is this consciousness, this part of ourself that watches what goes on and it analyzes it. And sometimes it feels like almost out of nowhere, these emotions show up, right? And they have a purpose. They're not... They're not bad, you know, and that's, I think, a huge part of what are emotions. Well, it's a little hard to describe them, but one thing I can say up front is they're not bad. You know, they're they're signposts, they're signals, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people tend to get trapped in these dialectics where they, you know, there's kind of the nihilistic, uh, atheistic type of uh, mindset where 
emotions are are totally unnecessary because we can just use you know think like a machine and be totally objective all the time and you know almost like this cold unfeeling robot you know and like uh and then on the other side people become so identified you know devotions are like your your connection to source and every feeling is valid and and you know it's like the two extreme ends of the spectrum where as with most things i find the truth is somewhere in the middle and again it's only by using our discernment can we determine you know the difference is this a time to be objective and kind of like detach and just do what's necessary and get through it or you know are do i need to tune in and really listen to that and i think the key is in just being able to listen to what you're feeling without attaching completely to them and letting them become you or completely denying suppressing ignoring you know ignoring uh, those kind of things you know again it's like it's like a, a a trusted advisor that you don't do everything they say but you always listen to them because they might have something valuable to tell you about what's what's going on again either externally or internally yeah, that's fantastic. It reminded me of the Muppets for some reason. You know, um, you know, we have these different kind of personalities inside of our head, and we all do. And that doesn't mean we're crazy and that we have multiple personalities. But think about I thought about this way before, just all the wonderful people I've met over the years. They all, like, kind of take a place in my mind. And, like, if I'm thinking about something, I might refer to different people I've met over the years and think, like, how would – you know, how would Logan answer this question? Or, you know, how would my dad have advised me on this particular topic? And you don't have the actual person there right in front of you, but inside of your mind, you have um, kind of a feeling for what that person would say. And, and you know, the Muppets, it reminds me of like, you know, there was the guys up on the balcony that were always like super critical. You know, they're like, <laughs> this show is overpriced. And the other one's like, it's free. You know, and the other one's like, and overpriced at that. You know, like they're always like, <laughs> super critical of everything that's going on the stage. And and I've noticed like, I have that part in my mind. That's like really hypercritical of myself. And then there's another part of myself that's kind of more like Kermit, super like accepting and welcoming and just always like, it's, it's okay. We'll we'll find the best side of this, you know, always looking for the sunny side. And -hmm. we choose which part of our um, psyche to listen to in any given moment, but they're all there, you know, and, and where do they come from? Is it experience? Is it, is it just all out there? I don't know, but I would just say I like what you said about um, emotions. We don't have to identify with them like on a personal, you know, that grumpy guy up in the balcony. He's not me. You know, he's one aspect I can access, you know, mm-hmm. but he doesn't he doesn't make up who I am. I might be kind of like him on, on a given day, but I don't have to choose to be with him. And then the other thing that occurred to me, what I was saying when I sent out that newsletter, I asked this question, like, are you more like Spock or Kirk? I always like the Star Trek allegory because Spock was kind of like super logical. He was trying to be not use emotions at all. Right. And then you had Kirk, who was kind of like a little extreme on the other end. Like he did everything kind just how he felt like it impulsively. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to fist fight this guy and then have sex with this green lady. You know, like he, he was just doing what he felt all, a lot of times and calling it good. But obviously there's a balance between the two. And that occurs to me like through uh, Mark Passio's 
great slide with intelligence, how we have the intel on one side and then the generative gen on the other side in the middle, the self, right? So Mm -hmm. we're balancing our real logical thoughts um, with, with our um, intuitive thoughts and finding that balance is kind of like the way we walk through life, you know, every day. And even walking itself is a symbol for this balance that we we're Mm. never exactly all on one side. If you're all emotional, you're going to have problems. If you're all logical, you're going to have problems. So you got to kind of go back and forth from one foot to the other and, and, and find the happy medium, the balance. Right. Mm, So I would say a big part of emotions is learning balance. They teach us this, right. And calibrating. That's so huge. I think to, you know, always like you have your emotions, you listen to what they're telling you, but then you're also kind of applying that logic to them and deciding, you know, am I right to feel this way? You know, because there's like, um, you could feel joy because you meet someone and they're really, you know, exciting and they respect you and you have the same interests or, or you got a new job and it, it feels really in alignment. And there's some people that feel joy by like torturing animals, you know, like they're the feeling, it's still the same kind of sensation internally, but what is it that's causing that? And then on the other end, you know, a narcissist might get really angry just because somebody's not doing what they say and like they can't control them and that makes them really angry. Or you might get angry because somebody like, you know, takes your, you know, takes something from your yard or uh, physically assaults you or something. And you're right to feel angry about that. So it's like, you know, there's no good or bad emotions. They all have a very important role to serve. Even the really nasty ones like, guilt and shame like you were saying earlier in the new age circles there's really this kind of ethos of uh you know no one should ever feel guilt and shame and it's like well it depends are you feeling guilt and shame about just your body or you know like of course you shouldn't feel guilt and shame about those things your desires you know uh standing up for yourself things like that because that's a miswiring of the stimulus and response But if you did something truly horrendous that caused pain, caused harm to someone, you should feel guilt and shame because that's what's going to move you to change your behavior or try to make what you did right, like rectify that situation. Because, you know, emotion, you know, and motion, you know, they say energy in motion. Emotion is energy in motion. So it, because it's, it is, it's energetic. And as we know from hermetic philosophy, uh, energy is always flowing. You know, it, it, it doesn't just sit still. It's always going somewhere. So, you know, that it's like a, a wave that you're riding. That's always kind of ebb and flowing, you know, like the weather it's coming and going. Your mind is the sky itself, but then you have emotions that come through and sometimes it's bright and sunny. Sometimes it's stormy. Sometimes it's cold, you know, and, but like truth is persistent. You know, the experience, it feels like tumultuous, but you're, you're still kind of moving through all of it and you're still you. So, you know. Yeah. And that, that storm can, can cause like extreme um, issues though in life. Like I've, I like to think of myself as a pretty balanced person, but even with um, all the inner work I've done over the years and 
you know, regular practices I have to kind of keep myself in line, people I know how to talk to. I still had times where I felt like emotions got extreme enough to where I was like close to making some big mistakes in my life, you know, and there are times when I can look back at things where I let my emotions um, get a little more out of control than I would have liked. And looking back, feeling a little embarrassed for showing more emotion than I should. And I think there's part of that is our modern society um, kind of poo-poos and looks down upon emotional, um, especially in certain scenarios. I don't know if that's necessarily the way it should be, but um, it is the case. It's the world we live in. People are leaning more, especially in business and in public dealings to that kind of like preferring that Spock, you know, kind of left brained um, way of being as more acceptable. And, but on the other hand, we look at art, music, and the most uh, people that are able to experience extreme emotions are the ones that put out the most amazing art too, a lot of times. And you find that many, many in history of the famous artists and people that have done really um, work that has really surprised and amazed people are people that are dealing with, you know, extreme emotional ups and downs, you know, and, mm. and going through that. Um, you mentioned the word homeostasis. Um, what did, what, what, what do you think about that? The, the extreme and the, what did you mean by that? The homeostasis? Yeah. So, you know, looking at the function of the human body, Everything is about balance. Homeostasis is its one purpose to always, you know, when, when something happens, uh, you introduce a new, you know, chemical or temperature change, you know, whatever is happening in the external world, your body's constantly trying to regulate itself and find that homeostasis and that balance. So, you know, I guess you could, you can also apply that to, to the emotional landscape too, is like, you don't want to go from one one extreme to the other. You always want to try to find that balance. You know, that's usually the like the sweet spot. As with many many things in life, it's is about balance. So if you're like if you're working too hard, that doesn't mean uh, work is bad or hard work is bad. It just means you need to counterbalance that with deep rest, deep stillness right and and self-care and things like that so that's really important too i think when when we you, you've talked about you know depression and anger and some of these more difficult emotions that we have to you know feel our way through at times i think that's really the main thing that i've come back to is there's no avoiding difficult situations sometimes you just have to go through stuff so when you're doing that First of all, accepting this is where you're at, knowing that nothing lasts forever, you know, that goes for good things and bad things. So you're kind of just making your way through the storm. But when you're going through that, just acknowledge, okay, I'm in a storm right now. Like shit's really hard. And now self-care and calming my internal state becomes even more important. So that's my recommendation and what helped me a lot when the, you know, the external factors, sometimes there's really not a lot you can do, but just kind of ride it out. You can't just make one easy action and, and fix it. You've got to kind of go through it. So in that time, that's when you really just need to lean into like, I got to do what I got to do. A lot of it's going to really, really suck, but 
that's why I'm going to make extra sure that tonight, you know, I take a nice bath and, and play some very soothing music or, you know, cook yourself a, a nutritious, tasty meal, something like that, that gives yourself some pleasure, some enjoyment. And like I said, kind of that parasympathetic stimulus. Yeah, that's wonderful. And you're leading right into where I wanted to go next with this or starting to talk about, okay, we've kind of defined what some of these emotions are, why they're important, how they can become big obstacles in our life. And then kind of transitioning now into like, okay, how do we deal with them on a practical level? And you're already starting to go there, which is awesome. When you're talking about going through the emotion, um, what comes to my mind is um, I mentioned my email list on chrisjansen.com, I have a picture of me diving into the ocean. And um, one thing I love about the ocean is it's a perfect example for what you're describing. Um, if you're standing, you know, with your feet in the water, in the waves, and there's a big wave coming right at you, we can imagine this wave is the emotion, right? If you just stand there and put your arms out, you're going to get blasted, man. You're going to get tossed right onto your back. Your head's going to hit the sand you know, a big wave, if you're just stand there and you're not prepared for it, it's going to knock you over. And um, sometimes we have to go through that. That's part of life. That's part of learning the ocean, right? When your first time at the ocean. But when you get a little more experienced, you see this big wave coming and you have a couple choices, right? And one I like to do is a duck dive. At, right as the wave gets close to me and it's starting to crash, I dive right into it. And it's like you're saying, go through it. Right. And you get this cool experience where you kind of go under the wave and you come up the other side of it. And it's an exhilarating experience. You feel the power of it. You feel the rush all around you. It's like, you know, but you come up and you can breathe right away and you're not getting flipped over underneath the ground and smashed into the sand. So I think there is um, better ways. And then you got surfing, you know, some people will surf the wave even better. Right. Get up on top of it and ride that sucker, you know, or swim and go with it you know, instead of letting it, letting it just rip you up into pieces. So let's transition now into talking about how do we deal with these emo waves of emotion when they come in an effective way where we're duck diving them or surfing them rather than letting them just destroy us and ruin our life where we can't reach our goals and meet our objectives anymore. Yeah. I definitely think um, first thing that comes to mind is again, one of my very kind of core philosophies is any way that you can be proactive rather than reactive and especially very true of, of, uh, you know, dealing with feeling. So there's a space between whatever's happening and your response to it. And that's where the magic really happens. And you always, always, always have a choice. If you're, if you're telling yourself you don't have a choice, you're a victim you know, you're lying to yourself. So shifting that is the very first step is taking your power back. You know, you, you may be being victimized. I'm not saying like, you know, bad things don't happen or that whatever, or that they aren't hard or anything like that. I absolutely, you know, acknowledge that. But if you go about it, looking at and, and identifying as the victim in perpetuity, that's where you're going to really run into a lot of trouble and you're going to kind of make things way worse for yourself. Whereas if you try to stay in that empowered mindset of, 
seeing that there are things happening that you can't control, but what you can always control is yourself, at least especially in actions, you know? And so you may feel so angry that you want to go, you know, say F you to somebody or punch them in the face or whatever. And that's okay. It's actually a very normal, natural experience to have at times. But you always have a choice on whether or not you do that or not. And if you feel that kind of impulse to do something brash, that's when you need to create that space. And I also realize that it's not always possible. And that's when it makes it really, really hard. When there's nowhere to go, there's no time, you have to, you know, you're just in it. But most of the time, there's some kind of way where you can say, I need a minute, I need some time, go for a walk, go, you know, try to be in solitude, get back to your center and think things through of like, okay, here's what's happening. What can I do about it? You know, in the most positive and useful way, right? Punching somebody, you might feel better in the moment. It's not very useful and it's actually going to make things a lot worse, for example. So again, like taking that pause to respond from a higher place of awareness and self-control. That to me is what true emotional intelligence is. So that would be the first thing, shifting from reactive to proactive and, uh, you know, and responding rather than reacting. Yeah. I was really inspired by how you, you connected the word emotion with motion. Right. Mm-hmm. And I even wrote down you last time we chatted, you said taking the action creates the feeling. what do you mean by that? Yeah, so a lot of times we wait to feel like it before we do something. It's like, oh, I want to do this or I I know I should do this, but I just don't feel like it, right? But um, that's, again, that's a very reactive kind of victim-y way of going about it, of just like, oh, well, I would, but, you know, you're, you're not in your power when you're thinking like that. You're reacting to your, your own feelings and kind of being a slave to your own feelings in a way. Cause you know what you should be doing. You're just not doing it because you're choosing not to. And then you're rationalizing it. So always be honest with yourself, even if it's, you know, uncomfortable, but it actually works the opposite direction. You can work in the opposite direction. You know, sometimes motion creates the emotion. I mean, some of you watching, you may re- relate to this. Have you ever like really not felt like going to the gym? When you think about it, you're like, oh, like I feel low energy. Um, you know, I feel kind of down today. I'm just not feeling it. Right. But you decide to go anyways. And then it sucks at first. It does suck. But then by the second or third or fifth set or, you know, exercise or whatever, you start really kind of getting into it. You're loosening up. You're getting actual blood pumping into your brain. Your, you know, your heart's beating. Your, your breathing. You're listening to music, and that's getting you kind of amped. And before you know it, you're like, "Oh man, like I feel really good. I'm glad I came." And then by the end of the workout, you're like, "One more set." Like, oh, you're just really feeling that power. You know, that would have never happened if you just let yourself be a slave to those feelings and just be like, "Oh, I'll just go tomorrow." It's fine, you know, and instead you take the action that actually has shifted the the emotion, you know, so it doesn't have to be working out, but 
generally, I definitely think getting into the body is a really great way to shift because it is movement. You're moving your body. You're, you're waking your, you know, your physiology up. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a, phys- a hard physical exertion like lifting weights, but it could just be uh, doing some yoga, even going for a bike ride or something as simple as just going for a walk. You know, so what if it's cold? Just put on a coat, put on a scarf, get some sunlight, get, you know, just get moving. And it it really can do a lot. That's powerful. That's so powerful, Logan. And I just had a, a little um, mini inspiration while you were talking about that, too, because I was thinking about what I was um, talking to you last time about my idea of, you know, like walking is balance, right? You're shifting from one leg to another. Mm. You're never just on one leg for very long. You're you're almost floating or running yeah. is that same way too, where you're there's moments where you're totally off the ground and you're in between one or the other. So when you actually put your body in those motions, you're actually creating balance. And maybe that helps send that signal to the mental and um, maybe the physical, mental and spiritual kind of tie together to some extent when you put yourself through that physical action of balancing, like, Hey, brain, let's balance out our emotion right now too, you know? Maybe there's something to help jump starting that process in the actual physical. And it, it makes me think too, like some of the exercises I've like one of them I'm thinking of where you touch your elbow to your opposite knee, you know, yeah. and things like that where you, you know, you're, you're sending the physical message to your body to like switch up the, the, the circuit of energy. Yeah. You're crossing the left and back right and forth. Right. So I think that physical, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, um, one of the biggest things I did through, through some of my most difficult, um, depression and anxiety times was I had a series of things. Um, one of them was my breathing practice and another one was going for a walk. I had a certain walk circuit I would do and it, there was a familiarity with that walk. And so I could sometimes feel this emotion come on like, Oh shoot, the emotion's coming on. It's pretty strong. Uh, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to give myself a couple minutes here. Maybe I'll change my clothes and I'm going to go for that walk. And it would be like a little cure. And sometimes I would even almost put it off a little like, oh, I'll do that in just a minute, you know, and it's like something to look forward to. Right. And and my brain started seeing that walk as a cure. And it did. It really would help. By the time I would be done with the whole circuit of walk, I would feel a lot better, not 100 percent, but much better, much improved. So I thought next, you know, like, let's go a little deeper into some of these tactics that you and actually, I have actually personally we do, used. Go ahead. Uh, I have, I have some stuff I want to add to that too. Cause, um, again, almost like how I was talking about in the beginning of this talk where the emotion is kind of the intermediary because you, you know, technically it's happening physically. Like you're talking about hormones and chemicals that are happening in the body, but it's originating from the mind. And it's all largely tied to your state of mind and how you're framing things, how you're choosing to look at things. You know, like say you get fired from your job, you could again be the victim and be like, Oh, this is terrible. I really needed that job. What am I going to do about money? This or that, blah, blah, blah. Or you could just as easily take that same exact event that happened objectively and say, Oh, I feel so relieved. Um, finally, I hated that job anyways. Now I've got all this free time. I could find a new job. I could start a business. Totally different mindset of the same exact event. Well, you know, and that's just one example, but back to the the physicality thing again, 
um, I think the reason it's so important and powerful to activate the body is because it pulls you out of your mind. Typically, when you're dealing with depression and things like that, it's because you're too much in your head anyways. It's all that mental chatter that's telling you, you know, this sucks, you suck, you know, when will this end, blah, blah, blah. That's all happening up here. So when you get into the body, it kind of shuts that down and you feel your body. You feel and that that exercise, whether it's very light like a walk or intense like working out, that literally creates endorphins, releases endorphins, and you feel good the more you do it. And that feel good in your body starts to kind of like tune out all of that feel bad chatter in the, in the head. And, and again, ways it tips the scales, right? So like you said, you know, it's not, it's not this a hundred percent magic pill cure all, but it shifts the scales. And if you do that consistently, you're ensuring that that is winning in the long term, you know, and at least keeping things balanced out. Yeah. And that so much of that is, um, it makes me think about maintenance. You know, um, I've been a carpenter maintenance man over the years and most businesses and building owners don't really like maintenance very much, but the more you keep up on your maintenance, the easier it is to handle when things go wrong. And a lot of these things I find, um, I want to get into habits because to me, habits are partly what got me through the worst times of all. For years, I've been doing push-ups every morning. And mm. I can skip a morning. It's no big deal. In fact, I didn't do my push-ups today, but I did some other things in lieu of the push-ups. I did a cold dip. And so, but I make little deals with myself like that. But I always in the morning have some sort of routine I do. And um, my body's actually most of the time in pretty good physical shape. And so even when I was feeling really depressed and anxious, I could fall back on, you know what, but I'm, but I'm physically in good shape right now. And I've been doing these exercises every day for years. So there's a certain level of confidence there that mm. you can fall back on. Even when other things suck, you're like, you know, it could be a lot worse. I could be like totally um, out of shape right now and barely get out of bed and not feeling good physically, but at least I got that going for me, you know, and, and that helps overrule some of the other things and balance things out a little bit. So, so part of it is preparation. And like, you can't do a hundred pushups if you haven't been practicing doing 50 or 70, you know, like you can't do 10 pushups if you haven't practiced doing two or three or five. And so dealing with the emotions and being prepared to take that responsibility is something that we train for and we practice for. And you're not going to just have this ability overnight. It's just like any kind of training. You've got to work on it and do the maintenance so that when, when the big wave comes, you know what to do. You know to dive or you know to surf. But if you didn't practice those things, you're just going to get slapped onto the ground, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, to start, um, I'd like to hear some of your tactics and how you prepare and deal with these things as they're coming that you've gone through and going forward. Yeah, I think uh, routine is really, really useful. But also it's important to take care that you don't get too rigid with it because that's a good way to set yourself up for more, uh, you know, guilt and guilt and uh, negative self-talk because you didn't do the X, Y, Z this morning. Now you're a piece of crap and, and all that kind of stuff. So being kind of fluid with it of like you set the intention because it's in your best interest and you care about yourself. You love yourself. So why not do those things that uh, that are serving you 
But then if, if it doesn't happen, you know, religiously, it, it's not the end of the world and try to not have this all or nothing mentality of like, if you don't do it once, you, you're a failure. So why even bother? And then that's when you actually end up quitting the habit. Whereas, you know, if you just keep that mindset of it's an intention that you have it, uh, perpetually, then you miss a day and you'll just get back to it the next day, that kind of thing. So, you know, everyone's different. Everybody likes different things uh, and everybody has better results with different things. So, you know, if you're not a weightlifter, that's okay. Maybe you like yoga. If you're not into yoga, maybe you like, you know, bike riding or uh, even even something more like creative, like say painting or sketching or journaling or, you know, there's lots of things you could do as a ritual that kind of just give you that anchor that you know you're going to do when you wake up and it sets your day off right. It's like something that you have control over that's really important because that's often a big factor, I think, when, when dealing with things like depression is you feel like you're not in control and you feel like you have to do things you don't want to do and there's nothing you can do about it. And so just having that ritual is something that you are in complete control over and you're choosing to do it because you want to and because it's what's best for you. So it, whatever that may be, it doesn't even have to be necessarily physical, but I do think, you know, incorporating something you could do, you know, a walk and then come back and like draw a tarot card or like it can be literally anything, um, you know, physical or non-physical, but something that put that helps your mindset, makes you kind of reflective, contemplative and gives you an opportunity to set intentions, you know, so if that and that's going to play out and carry out through the rest of your day. So for me. Definitely yoga is really good because it's kind of this perfect medium between it's not super intense, you know, but it's challenging, especially depending on the kind of stuff you do. But if you're working on the more like fiery kind of holding poses and you feel the burn and you're, you got your core activated and stuff like that, I really like that because it feels damn good, but it's not such this daunting, you know, idea of like, lifting weights or something that's so intense and it's got a lot of flow to it. It also incorporates breathing. Um, you're inverting, meaning you're putting your head below your heart and you're, you're putting a lot of blood in your brain and that's really good for your neurochemistry as well. So it just has a lot of very natural benefits that you don't even have to be necessarily that aware of. You're just doing it because it feels good and it's in flow. And I usually put on some music and just, you know, even like 10, 20 minutes and your all your tight, stiff muscles feel like loosened up and you've, you've got good feelings going on in your body. Um, you know, that's a big one for me. Also, there, are there particular, um, channel or yoga teacher you would recommend for people, actually, like, especially people are just getting started? Yeah. Um, so for a while I was learning from two channels that are like, probably the most popular yoga channels on YouTube. Uh, one is uh, Yoga with Adrian, and the other is uh, Sarah Beth. And they're good, but then I found this other guy that I think is way more my style, and I just like like it a lot better. So I don't really mess with 
to others as much or really anymore, but I still recommend them. And again, everybody's different. They'll, they'll, they'll kind of connect differently with different people's styles. Um, but you know, uh, and so the, the new one that I use more is, uh, coach Vig. I think his name is, uh, Sean Vig fitness is the channel name, I believe, or it's something like that, but it's, it's coach Vig. And, How do you spell uh, that? V V I G U E. Okay. Yeah. But I'm to the point now where I'll use it sometimes, but I've also done so many videos that I've really kind of learned what poses and flows that I like. And I can kind of like freestyle my own flows and just kind of, and that's part of the magic too, is like, you know, it takes work to get to that level, but being able to just do that, it's a creative process. You're literally creating a flow as you go. And that's part of it too, is you're trying to be in flow. You're trying to not be so rigid and like, you know, that coach or, right. or boss mentality, you're more just kind of like going with the flow of the riverbanks. So much of this stuff is kind of like know yourself too, though. I was thinking about, you know, someone who is just kind of wanting to get started on yoga. They're going to have a different approach to someone like yourself that already has quite a, quite a bit, like you can just free flow, like you're saying. Um, for me, like for instance, with yoga, like, I can kind of free flow, but it's, it's easier for me to have a class to go to. And I, I'm really lucky. I have a good friend um, named Candice and she runs a Kundalini yoga um, multiple times per week. And I've been meeting with her um, twice a week. You can check her out on co-create vitality. She's on Instagram and, um, or connect with me and I'll share with you because she does a live meeting twice a week and then replays. And this is just like, to me, I love supporting anybody who's doing their own local business and entrepreneurship. And she's someone who does this and she's really studied this particular type of Kundalini yoga that, um, also works with some mantras and, um, kind of the different levels of our being, which is really, I find, I find to be awesome. And so finding things like that to integrate into my weekly routine, that I just have to show up. I don't have to like think a lot about, Oh, what am I going to do for my yoga class tomorrow? Do I got to find some structure or some program? Like it really helps to have something like I'm saying with the maintenance thing, you do the same thing every week, every Thursday or every Tuesday, you want to integrate it into your life where it fits somewhere, mm. but you don't have to like go somewhere and meet somebody that seems like this extra job. It needs to be easy. Like you got a little spot in the side of your room that that's always set up. And all you have to do is just go turn it on and go, you know, like you have to do some of that work up front to make it easy for yourself and like pay it forward. Because if it's too hard, like realistically, you're going to get up and you're going to be like, shoot, I got to do this today. I got to do that. I got to go to the store. I don't got time for yoga. You know, like that's just how (laughs) it goes. That's just how it goes. And I was going to say about setting it up. Right. Right. I was going to say too, you know, and and it's nice to have that choice. Sometimes you kind of need that structure and you put on a video and just kind of do what they're, they're showing you to do. Uh, And, and other days, like I'll, I've literally had this where I'll try to start a video and I'm trying to like follow along. I start getting mad. I'm just like, I don't want to do what you want me to do. I just want to do my (laughs) own thing. So like, you know, I'm not, I don't think I'm like specifically mad at them but sometimes when you're just kind of in that ragey mood at times um 
it's a whole lifetime about... of bowing to authority will make you a little frustrated with being told what to do sometimes I found. Yeah. And so <laughs> like, that's kind of the beauty is just being able to choose. Like some days you might need that structure and just to kind of like not have to think about it and just, you know, the trick there is sometimes you'll start a video and it's like not really the vibe you need. Like it's more intense when you need a lot more like calming, relaxing or vice versa, you know, but if you find a good video, it definitely takes a lot of that pressure off of you just, you just kind of follow what they do and you'll feel great by the end of it probably. Uh, and then other times you might need to kind of like take that on yourself and be like, no, I'm going to find my own flow. I'm going to do, I'm going to listen to my body and do the next pose that my body's telling me to do because it, it has intelligence that I don't, you know, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And that's so much like learning ourselves, you know, like yeah. I know myself about certain things, like, Listening you know, there's certain days of the week that I'm never going to be doing that great. And so I have allowances that I make like Saturdays and Sundays. Sometimes I break up my routine a little and I don't force myself to do the same exercise that I would on a Monday or a Tuesday. You're going to be different than I am, but it's kind of like learning to work around our own issues and our own problems and our own traumas and finding what actually works. And to me, a lot of that is finding the time of day when I will actually do something or I can integrate it with my lifestyle. Um, one I like to tell people about was I started with seven pushups because seven pushups was really easy for me and I was able to accumulate from there. And I just got used to seven pushups for like three weeks and I didn't even let myself do more yet, even though it's so easy for me to do more because I'm a lightweight, little skinny guy and I've done pushups a lot. But um, it's more important to get the habit established yeah. and and then you get so used to that habit that you can't not do it. Another one that I've told people about um, is brushing teeth. That's a perfect time to do squats when you're you're going to brush your teeth for about two minutes. So if you could do a squat the whole time. Now you've done a two minute squat every day and you're going to brush your teeth anyway. Cause that's something you always do. I love you know? multitasking. So find, finding a way to hinge it to something you just did or something you're about to do kind of just builds it into your day. And some of these things I learned from some books and I'm going to mention four books right now. Um, so if you got your pen and paper, write these down or maybe, um, I can put them in the, in the comments too. If I, if I'm that, um, on top of things when I put this video together, but I want to recommend one book by a man named Thomas Sterner that's called The Practicing Mind. Um, I learned a lot from that book about um, habits and how to think and get yourself through difficult things and to calm yourself down. Um, another book called Atomic Habits, yeah. and that one was really one. got me going on this incremental method and just picking one little thing. And um, then there's High Performance Habits, which is another book. And he gets into a lot of great details in that book, really kind of more high powered, but um, advanced um, tactics and him, how he helps like high powered CEOs and everything. And then there's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So um, I would really recommend if you're having trouble dealing with emotions and feelings, um, I'm really with what Logan's saying. You need to start with your physical body and your physical form and habits will, will make a huge difference, but it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Give yourself a month and establish one habit at a time carefully and, and by making it so easy that you can't not do it. Mm -hmm. 
I would also throw into the mix, uh, The Feel Good Effect is a book by Robert, Robin Conley Downs. That's one I read recently and is, uh, has been really helpful with shifting your mindset. It's kind of a formula. It's like mindset plus strategy. They're specific ones, you know, uh, creates the feel good effect. And it's essentially, you know, it's not about, oh, just feeling good and great all the time. It's about like being in its acceptance, being in flow and, and still being productive without constantly in this like striving mindset, this perfection, all or nothing mindset. Like it's kind of identifying the bad mindsets, shifting you into a more useful, better one. That's, that's truly sustainable that still gets results, but just in a different, different kind of way. And, you know, makes it a much more pleasurable and pleasant experience as well. You know, it, um, being able to shift your mindset is a huge thing. So even with, you know, good habits in place and pretty good shape, I, I can remember a specific time this summer. Um, I'm going to tell just a quick story and then I'd like to hear your opinion on, on how to mindset change. Cause this is really what I'm talking about now. Like it's one thing to have good habits. It's a one thing to have generally a good state of mind, which I think most of us are trying to do, but I've had this thing happen a lot where something stressful happens or I'm dealing with somebody that's particularly difficult and it really starts getting in my head. And I find myself going through this circuit of, like an imaginary conversation that never completes, it just keeps going around and around. Although then he's going to say, then I'm going to say, and, and, um, or I'm thinking about a mistake I made. Why did I do that? You know, and I'll keep going over and over and over it. And it's like, it's like that Charlie Brown cloud of rain is just following me around everywhere I go. It's kind of in the back of my psyche and then having trouble shaking it. And I remember one time this summer specifically, I'm out at the lake. And and I did this to release stress a lot this summer is I would just take my paddleboard. I'd go out to the lake and just paddle for an hour or something. And so I'm out at the lake. I'm out at this beautiful place. It's a beautiful day. There's barely any boats on the lake. I kind of got the space to myself. Um, the temperature's just right, you know, and I'm feeling really good. I'm out there. And then, and then I started getting this thing in my head about this issue I was having with a particular person because I saw a text message right before or might have even been when I was on the lake. And I started getting in this bad mental mindset where I was really like having one of these endless conversations with this problematic person I knew. And it was sort of like an unsolvable problem. And all of a sudden I realized like I'm out here in this beautiful place. I came out here to relax. And right now I'm totally in a stressed out state of mind. My mind is totally arguing with this guy, you know, in the situation and it's totally dampening my mood. And I realized I was conscious of it all of a sudden. I'm like, look where I am. How am I here? And just a second ago, I was feeling great. And right now I'm like basically in hell out here in this beautiful heaven. And so I forced myself to get out of it by singing. I started singing a song purposely loud, you know, like I don't even care if people on the lake hear me. I started singing a song and I started making up my own words. And um, in in less than a minute, I was back where I wanted to be in this beautiful place. And I had to keep singing that song for a while Mm -hmm. to get out of that negative mode. And it made me realize it's just like from this moment to this moment, we could be in a completely state, a different state of mind. And a lot of it's just our choice or a decision, what mental pathway to go down. And it's really up to me to make that shift, to make that change. And Mm -hmm. it's not always easy. Sometimes it's as hard as hell, but that day I did it 
in a beautiful place. Um, I'd be curious to see how you recommend people to do that or your experience with that mind shift shift and how um, much of a contrast there is too, right? Yeah, I love that that story. As a musician, I really you know relate and connect to that because music's always been a really powerful part of my life, not just from a you know creative place, but just as a you know uh, from a listener listener's point of view. And you know, it's it's not just something for entertainment or recreation. You know, I I really think music is a powerful medicine and a form of magic i mean there's a reason that uh you know shamanic practices of all cultures for all the way until ancient times music has been an integral part you know it's it's absolutely inseparable from those those kind of ceremonies and things because it it guides you it can cleanse it can calm it can invigorate it can give you you know power energy it's very very useful and uh, as we were talking about in our in our private chat before this, you know, I was kind of marveling at how we literally have an instrument built into our bodies. We have a biological instrument that is our voice that we have access to any time we want. Um, you know, that that's incredible. And it, it reminded me of a quote that I read once by Terrence McKenna. Uh, I don't remember the exact words, but he was just talking about if you're ever having a bad trip or something that he would start singing and it would instantly like bring him back and put him in that more positive in control kind of state of mind. And so, yeah, I just think that's that's incredibly powerful that you can you can do that. And, you know, like how you said you were making it up and you're just making up the words as you go. That's even better because. It's like in order to do that, you have to connect with this very childlike part of yourself that is like, who cares if the words don't rhyme or they sound stupid? Like just it, it's funny, right? Instead of being so critical and be like, oh, I can't do that because it might sound stupid. Like that's exactly your problem. That's what you have to get out of is just let that shit go and have fun. Like kids do that all the time. They'll just make up silly songs and it doesn't make any sense. And you're like, that doesn't make any sense. And they just laugh at you, right? Like they don't give a shit. Like what, what do we need sense for? Yeah. You know, so, kids is a perfect example of that too. I used to do um, camp counselor. Mm-hmm. And when we would take the kids on the hikes, there's always this point in the hike where you know, halfway through, three quarters through, or the way back, everybody starts whining. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm, you know, like how much longer? You know, I have to go to the bathroom. You know, like all the complaints. When I would start noticing as a camp counselor, like the complaints starting to build up, everybody's starting to get whiny. I'd go, the answer marching two by two, hurrah, hurrah, and get all the kids singing. And you'd be amazed within a matter of minutes, everybody's mood changes. And you go through two or three songs, all the complaints faded away, like melt like butter. And I did it with my kids a lot too on car trips, you know, just start up this song, especially the ones they know where they can repeat back. There was this one I have about the bear the other day. We saw a bear. And then the kids say, we saw a bear. And all of a sudden, the mood changes. Everybody improves. And so if you have a couple songs by memory in your head that you can just pull up when you need to, I honestly have a playlist that is specifically built for uplifting my mood. 
And I recommend anyone who's going through a rough time, particularly in your life, build that playlist. This is what I'm talking about, the maintenance. Be ready for those moments when these emotions hit you like a storm and you're not ready for them. Boom, you pull out the playlist. Boom, you go for the walk. Mm -hmm. You have these tools ready so that when it hits, because it doesn't always hit you when you're expecting it. Sometimes it's a smell, something you see in a movie, something someone says, or you get a text message at the lake. And all of a sudden, boom, these storm clouds roll in. And you're like, uh-oh, uh-oh, here they come. What do I do? You know, don't be completely taken aback and don't have a plan. Music can be part of your plan to deal with this. You know, it's very real. Mm-hmm. It'll help. Yeah, and I, gr- I agree. It doesn't have to be like this makeup thing like I was talking about. There's something also really powerful about you. something that's familiar to you. Because that's very comforting to us as human beings. We like what's familiar. You know, so having something that, you know, especially if it's one of those childhood songs, because it takes you back to that time, you you know, kind of nostalgia and takes you back to that, that childlike state. But, um, yeah, another thing that was coming up for me too, is the idea of pattern interrupt. Uh, this is kind of a marketing term, you know, they, they do this to, to try to get your attention because it's like you're scrolling your feed and everything's kind of the same. And then all of a sudden you see something that's different and that's what makes you stop. Well, you know, this can be really useful when trying to shift your mindset as well. So if you find like, I mean, that's technically now that I think of it, what you did on the paddleboard, you were starting to get caught in this loop. And you were spiraling out on it, but then you caught yourself and you did a pattern interrupt by starting to sing. And that's one way to do it, but there's lots of different things you can do. The key is observe it. And when you feel that start happening, when you're, you know, you're like about to go start doing something, but then you just can't bring yourself to, and you're just caught in this negativity loop. And you're like, I feel like shit and blah, blah, blah. Do a pattern interrupt, you know, uh, go for that walk spontaneously. Just don't even think about it. Just go grab your keys, grab your jacket, get out the door and start going. Um, cold showers has been something that's what really, I was going to really, say. Really, really good a really simple me. one is just a shower or just changing your clothes actually can make a big difference. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned doing a cold dip earlier and I definitely wanted to talk because I know you're into Wim Hof and, uh, I, I, I was kind of late. You know, I know he's like, he's very famous now and I, I've known about him for a while, but it was only this past year when I was super focused on healing and just really trying to get into any and everything that I could to, for this, this kind of stuff that we're talking about right here, like how to shift, how to clear, how to get, you know, get into a better place. And, uh, his, his work really has, uh, has helped me a lot. And so, you know, obviously the two big things with him is breath and the cold so like you know experimenting with different breath techniques that can be something and you know i i figured out later on that there's different almost like how yoga can be very calming or it can be very like fiery and invigorating breath can be the same way so make sure you're doing the right thing for the right mood because i i figured out at one point i was doing too much of the 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 fast intense stuff and it was actually making me more stressed. So in those times you want to go like really slow your breathing down, almost like you're putting yourself into hibernation or something like your whole body's just getting slow and calm and you know that kind of thing. And then the cold, 
that's something that I picked up a couple months ago at, when I was looking into all the, the Wim Hof stuff and watching his videos and, you know, I heard enough of him talking about all the benefits from like your circulation, you know, your, your, uh, immunity, inflammation. There's all these different things that this is good for. And I was like, okay, I've heard enough. Let me just try it. So I committed to 30 days challenge, just my own, on my own. I said, I'm going to do a cold shower every morning for 30 days. And that was a couple months ago. And I have, I just haven't stopped. I just loved it that much. And like, at first I hated it and it really sucked. And I was like, I don't even know if I can do a week of this, but I found a couple of little tricks to kind of make it easier on myself. Uh, one was starting at medium, like cool and getting in for like 20 seconds and then turning it to cold to instead of just jumping right in the ice cold and you're like, huh, huh, and you can't breathe and stuff. That was a big, uh, shifter. And I, or you can even start it hot. And then by the time you put it to the cold, it feels good. Yeah. It's like you need it, you know? Um, I use music in there as well. I'll put on some kind of, you know, not super slow, but calm, like chill, like kind of chill step type stuff where there's a beat and it kind of gives you a little bit of energy, but it's very smooth. And, you know, I'll set a timer. So I'll set for two and a half minutes. I'll get in immediately at that medium temperature and then turn the water to cold. So by the time the water gets cold, I'm at two minutes left on the timer. And I do, I do the two minutes minimum. A lot of times I'll, I'll go an extra minute just because it literally feels amazing. It's actually changed how I look at and experience cold. I, it's actually made me really enjoy being cold more, which is you kind of learn to appreciate it. And, yeah. and, and I've had this thought oftentimes like, okay, it, when you experiment with the hot in the, in the shower, it's kind of interesting too. Like how hot can I take it? Yeah. You know, and turn it up as hot as I can take it. And then even a little bit more and then, you know, go over to the cold and be like, you know what? They're just two different things. You know, one's not necessarily mm-hmm. better or worse than the other. I mean, my body gets that fear concern, like, Oh, if you get too hot, you're going to burn or you get too cold, you're going to freeze. But realistically, neither of those two extremes are that hot or that cold where I'm not going to scald myself and I'm not going to freeze myself. I can get out and warm up. And like, for yeah. instance, with my cold dips, one of the ways I got myself through it was like, I would go out and go in the pool in the morning. First thing to be pretty dang cold sometimes, but I know that afterward, I'm going to go in the warm shower and warm my body back up for the day when I need to. I don't always, but a lot of times I do. And just knowing that helps me get through the cold part it's like yeah right. i'm gonna See? go warm up i'm not gonna die you know my toe might get a little numb See? so what mindset makes all the difference right there right yeah so, so you gotta um, find a way to work with your own psyche and convince yourself that right it's like playing these give yourself a reward games. or something right exactly yeah and um even putting your hand in cold ice you know like if you don't want to do your whole body start with just your hand <laughs> You know, like find what you can do. But what's amazing is you do feel a sense of accomplishment when you do these things. You know, Mm -hmm. it it gives you a little boost. Yeah, I use it as almost like a litmus test to where it's like, well, and you mentioned Atomic Habits. And that book is all about uh, the best way to change your habits is to identify. It's about changing your identity and identifying as a person who does those things. And then it, it doesn't even require willpower because... It's congruent. It's in alignment with who you think or who you know yourself to be. So, um, yeah, like 
shifting the mindset there is huge. And, uh, you know, not, not every time I get in the cold shower, do I love it? Sometimes it's, it's more unpleasant depends. Um, you know, your body's in a different state every day. Maybe mm. you were warmer when you got in. So it was more shocking to you or whatever, but the majority of the times by the end of the shower, by the end of the two minutes, when the timer's going off, I I'm like excited. I literally am like being goofy and like dancing and making these like little giddy noises and stuff as I'm drying myself off and stuff. Like it's, it's really amazing how something so simple can have such a profound effect on your physiology and psychology. Well, like workout does that too. You know, a lot of times, like you were saying, it doesn't sound good right up to it. And even some of doing it doesn't feel so good. Yeah. And then you get to a certain point where it starts, you start really feeling the good part of it. And then afterward, even if you're sore, that type of sore actually comes with a good, joyful feeling. It's like, oh, right. You're like, it's good that it's hard to turn the steering wheel right now. You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. You know, and with the shower thing too, I mean, that's one that's so great because there's no excuse. It's literally two minutes. Like if you can't, if you talk yourself out of two minutes, you're just, you know, like you're, you're, you're not doing yourself any favors is, is basically what I'm saying is like, you, if you can do that, you can do anything. Right. So there's almost never an excuse or I don't have time for a two minute cold shower. Then do 30 and seconds. So, and that's, yeah, that's the time where you really just like, like we were talking about, you just do it. And then you usually feel better after instead of only taking cold showers when you feel like it, you that make that your standard of this is what I do. I'm someone who takes cold showers because it's good for my body. It's good for my mind. And because um, I love uh, I heard Joe Rogan talking about this once where he he's like his, his his workouts are horrible. He's like, because I create my own bullshit so that the rest of my day seems tame in comparison. Like I I thought that was a really cool way of putting that. Cause yeah, it's like, because again, you're in control of that. You're creating that for yourself because you can, it's not because anyone's forcing it on you. You do it because it's, it's leveling you up and you're doing the difficult thing. And then that's, what's actually going to build confidence when you, you know, not just believe I'm someone who works out. I'm someone who takes cold showers, but you actually do it because the habits are congruent. You fall through and then you have that confirmation. You're not just faking it. You literally are that person and that feels good. And it has this snowball effect. Yeah. There's so many things in our world that can tear down a mood, tear down a good emotion so quickly. So like, I feel like we have to become, um, like wizards, like you would say, the wizard factory, right? Or we have to become warriors, like I would say, you know, of how to do these things. And and part is, like I said, having the tools in our pocket to be prepared. You know, mm-hmm. um, different problems are going to require different tools. And each of us have our different personalities and knowing ourselves and what actually is going to work. I know myself, um, I can make a big plan, you know, like people do a lot of times. Oh, I'm going to start a diet on Monday. Yeah, right. You know? And they they make the goal too hard for themselves or they come up with this grandiose plan. Oh, I'm going to get rich this year. It's like, let's let's start small. Let's be realistic and let's work with what we can actually do. But just doing the one little thing can make a huge difference. Taking the one little step is the journey. You know, mm-hmm. each each little positive thing going forward makes a huge difference. 
Um, I have kind of a list I want to bring up here of I've I've written down a whole series of these little tactics and um, um, tools that people can use. I'm going to pull that up. Um, But in the meantime, go ahead. Tell us some more about some things that work for you, Logan, or things you would recommend other people to prepare for these difficult um, emotions that are bound to come up. Hmm. We already go through that. Am I repeating the same question? Nothing's coming to mind at the moment. Um, I mean, it's really just about finding your thing. What works for you? There's so many options. I mean, there's there's so many things you can do that you would never have time in a day to to do them all. But it's not about doing all of them. It's about finding, you know, one or two or three things that are really effective and that just suit your personality, your style, you know, and what your needs are. So, you know, being in tune with that as well, but really just, you know, just try stuff. You're not going to find it right out of the gate. You know, it's going to take some trial and error. Keep in mind, it's like a science project. So you got to experiment with different things, figure out what you resonate with. Maybe you didn't even know it, but you're going to end up picking up an instrument. And that could be your, one, one of your things. You know, it's just know thyself, you know. It, it's really hard to get started things, though, like when you're already in a bad mood, you know, like yeah, you want to be thinking about these things when when you're in your good state of mood and start having these lists and these ideas of how to deal with it. Because when you get hit with depression, nothing sounds good, right? Well, that's a good point. Um, if you're watching this and you're you're doing okay, do it anyways, because like you said, you know, like that playlist, you know, don't wait till you're already feeling crappy to start going and trying to find songs or whatever, have it made so that, you know, it's like, it's like, don't, you don't start building a, a storm shelter when it's already storming, right? You want it Perfect there example. in, in yes. good fair weather so that when shit gets bad, you, you just go down there, you know exactly what to do. Uh, so, you know, don't wait till things get bad to figure out what things you like, what brings you joy and fulfillment and calms your, your soul, you know, and, and relaxes your central nervous system. And if you are going through stuff and you're just like, well, I got to do something. I agree you do. And so just try your best to not put too much pressure on yourself and do try different things. But like you said, Chris, start small don't have big expectations. Don't, you know, don't hold yourself to this unachievable standard. Just do something very, very small. You know, even if it's 10 minutes of yoga, a quick little walk outside, you know, um, like a short workout, you know, picking up an instrument, just whatever sounds like interesting, you know, and, and just be curious. Just try to keep that intact. I know it's really hard when you're when you're struggling, but just, you know, when you're feeling that, try to channel that into like, do you love yourself? Do you, or, and, and if so, are you going to just let yourself continue to, to be miserable? Don't you deserve better than that? Like what if it was your child or your, your sister or your mom who was struggling? Wouldn't you care enough about them to try to help them, you know, feel better and, and encourage them to try different things. So kind of treat yourself as if, you are somebody that you deeply care about. Right. Like your inner self is this little three-year-old, you know, that needs your love. Right. 
And, um, you know, I'm scrolling down. I was going to look at that list and I realized there's a whole nother topic that we haven't even got into. Maybe that's the next part if we make this a series. And that's about, you know, a lot of us go to negative habits, vices and addictions, and yeah. um, we can ease the pain. It can help in the moment, but ultimately it causes more pain and reliance on a crutch or a substitute or using pain as a substitute or Band-Aid that that just kind of covers it up. But that's such a whole big another topic that I don't want to go into that tangent right now. I just wanted to mention it. Um, if we follow up this discussion, I think that would be a good way to go because I think that's typical. That's what most people do. And many yeah. of us have done is rely on sort of um, bad habits and negative crutches to deal with these situations and to like, um, like you're saying, I want to feel better. I want to feel better right now, you know, rather than accepting, you know, this is going to take a minute. Like we were talking about the waves coming, you have to let it flow through. Mm -hmm. If you try to just transport away from it or, you know, quickly find a solution, usually that winds up being more negative in the long run. Right. Yeah. That's a whole, whole can of worms for sure. And it's, it's, it's very relevant because like you said, it's a lot more, I don't know. It seems easier and more natural to go for the the quick fix. You know, scroll Facebook, go go to the casino, go to the bar, whatever whatever it may be. But, you know, the key difference is the things that we've been talking about on this episode, those are things that actually are serving you. They're they're actual you know, ways to heal. So both can make you feel good in the temporary, but one is actually building a cumulative positive effect for you. The other is building a cumulative negative effect for you. And that's the key difference, I think, between like, you know, healing modalities and vices. And I think everyone knows deep down, but, you know, what I've noticed in my own self is there is sort of this planning process that goes on, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like with bad habits where you kind of think, Oh, I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to have a beer tonight or whatever. It's been a rough day. And you start kind of planning ahead. And that's when you have the opportunity to catch it and be like, you know what? I'm going to replace that plan I had with a bad habit with a good one. Mm-hmm. And you always have that opportunity to do that and see that coming. It's kind of the same thing we've talking about, about being conscious and being aware of yourself and starting to notice that thought process and listening to a conversation like this will help you with that awareness. I think. Um, here's some of the things I have written down in my phone um, and a list of good habits, wellness, holistic practices and reminders. Mm-hmm. Little things throughout your day. Um, posture. Good posture makes a huge difference in how you feel about yourself. You know, sitting up straight, putting your <laughs> chest out it instantly. Oh, I just learned about this one recently. Um, I saw it somewhere on a podcast. A quick little breathing thing you can do almost any time is you do two breaths in <laughs> And then one strong breath out and do that three times. And it can kind of just get that little shift. It gives you kind of like a quick little buzz, but it, it kind of gets you out of a bad, um, holding a pattern interrupt, pattern interrupt. Like you said, I do it sometimes with holding my breath or taking a really long out breath. I'll, I'll count, I'll start counting my out breaths and try to get them longer and longer until I get 12 out breaths or something. So breathing practices. Yoga, we mentioned yoga, we mentioned exercise, um, meditation. There's a lot of different types of meditation. I like to go on YouTube sometimes and do a guided meditation. Meditation. 
or I know of a couple people that do good guided meditations. I can, go I can to. actually plug, I, I created one on my YouTube channel as well. So just if anyone's curious oh, cool. to try that, it's, it's a kind of a Wim Hof style one. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, maybe you can dig up that link for me. That'd be great. I have one too. Sure. I've made two different meditation videos and, um, I haven't used those for a while, but I used to use them all the time. I have one with like shamanic drumming that I like to listen to. Um, But anyway, so yeah, meditation, reading is a good Mm -hmm. one. Reading helps. You know, sometimes you just need to get away from this traumatic feeling for a minute. Sit down and read a book. It doesn't even have to be, it could even be a fiction book. You know, sometimes it helps. Like you're saying, pattern interrupt. Um, Learning. I find that learning really is a good general pattern interrupt. When you're in the state of learning, it's like you were saying when we shift our state of mind, it brings about different kinds of feelings. And so if you're in your right brain, real emotional feeling, and then you start learning something, it shifts you into that kind of logical, oh, I wonder about this. I want to change your focus. So learning mm-hmm. something new, um, studying up on something you're curious about. Again, these things can be, there's almost like a jumpstart process when you're not feeling good, where you have to force yourself a little bit to start doing this thing. I've had times when I started playing the guitar, I really don't feel like playing the guitar. But as soon as I do a few strums and go through like a song or two, oh, it starts feeling good. And then because you warm up and do it. Yeah. And so you got to force yourself in the beginning sometimes to do some of these things. Um, Mantras. I found mantras to be pretty powerful. And a lot of people I know have dealt with depression and anxiety using the power of mantras. You can get it on your phone. You can find someone that does a good mantra and just have it ready to go. Walking. We talked about walking. But the last and most important that I wanted to mention is friends. Um, Mm. That's my go-to when I'm going through a rough time. I I have people I can call and people I can talk to um, that I know will be good people to talk to. Um, I have someone I talk to. My sister and I talk weekly. We know each other's problems in and out. And if if either of us has like a real serious thing, we might call each other at a different time in the week and be like, I need some support right now. Because the truth is when we're getting hit with some real emotional um, trauma, um, we're not always in our right state of mind. And mm. it, it can feel like crazy. I can, I've noticed times in myself where I feel like kind of like not, not, I don't trust my own brain for a minute because I'm getting so emotional. And those are the times when we reach out for help and don't be afraid to reach out for help. You got to know who you're going to call. And so you need to have two or three people that you trust or you love or you, that you know will be there for you that you can reach out to. And if you don't have those people, you can make these connections. Someone like Logan or myself, Leslie Powers. um, There's many people in our community that, that can become this person for you. You might even have to hire someone to be your counselor, which there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually making investment in your future Mm. and spending a little money an hour every week or two weeks and paying someone to listen to your problems. Don't be embarrassed to do that. In fact, that's an achievement. And it takes a lot of um, strength, inner strength to recognize that you need help and to ask for it. And so other people are out there that want to help you, that would love to help you. You just need to ask. Mm. So um, I'll leave it with you to close up. Any um, last thoughts or or um, advice you got, Logan? Much appreciated. Yeah, no, I think I think this was a very good conversation. Uh, I think there's there's a lot of different ways maybe we could get into for a potential series. I'm open to that, but you know I think this is a good overview and everything. Um, you know the the number one thing I would just recommend people is just like I said, g- get to know yourself. 
you know, really listen to yourself, listen to your needs, listen to, you know, what your, your soul, your gut is trying to tell you and, and try to give yourself those needs as best you can. That's why I say, if you're really going through a hard time, if it's at all possible, just try to get, get some alone time and, and do things that bring you joy. You know, it really can be that simple. Um, it's not going to make all your problems go away, but it will definitely make things much more manageable. And at the end of the day, that's been one of the most encouraging, uh, realizations for my, for, uh, for, for my struggles is realizing that sometimes it's, you know, you don't have to fix all your problems. Some things just happen and they're temporary. So really, if you can just manage to ride out the storm, then get, get through to the other side, like things will look up eventually. So just do your best to manage what you've got, you know, work with what you've got now and just hold on and you'll get through it and get and better times will come. So that's what I would kind of leave everybody with. So wonderful. And being in the moment when, when you sometimes when I just stop and realize like what's wrong right now and I look around, I'm like, you know what? My body's working. My, my guy can see, I can hear, I have all my limbs. I'm yeah. fed. I'm, I'm not, you know, there's nothing I'm really needing. Right. I'm, I'm okay. There's nothing really wrong right now. So sometimes it's just doing that quick inventory. Where are you right now? What's wrong? What's actually happening in this moment that's that's dangerous? And if there's not, then you can stop and be grateful. Gratitude is one of the best tools towards a better mood too, I find. So yeah. um, what, do you, what do you got going coming up on the Wizard Factory and in your work? Um, anything you want to shout out or advertise before we finish? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I encourage everyone, if you're if you like this kind of stuff and you're looking for more content to get into, check out my channel, The Wizard Factory. I'm on YouTube uh, as a video podcast. I do other, um, and I'm really trying to branch out and do more styles of videos, shorter videos, uh, more topical, direct discussions, things like that. Um, I'm on the podcast platforms as well. And you can also find The Wizard Factory on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter uh, for more easy daily kind of digestible content memes and and short posts and things like that. So I really got a little something for everybody just trying to offer value, navigating the spiritual experience and putting, I'm putting a lot of care and, and effort into these platforms. So I hope you'll check it out. Wonderful. I really appreciate your work, Logan, and, and the time you're taking to have this conversation with me. I think we there's a lot of good little nuggets in this discussion um, that people can take away and practically use in their real life. And I'm looking forward to continuing the conversation. I think a good next place to go would be to talk about addictions and bad habits and overcoming um, some of those mm. obstacles and how that yeah. plays into, um, you know, our inner work and our um, shadow work going forward. I think that's a great follow-up for sure. Right on. Thanks so much, Logan. So My yeah, pleasure. Check, out, check out Wizard Factory folks and Logan's work and check him out on social media. And Evil Podcast is running every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. That's 9 p.m. Eastern. And I guess that'd be 8 Central, right? Logan, I keep getting Central wrong. Central uh, add two, two hours. hours. Yeah. Two hours so ahead of yours. Six yeah. Pacific would be 8 Central, yeah. Yep. And um, I'll probably run this um, on one of the future Thursdays, either this Thursday or next Thursday. And what I'm doing is replaying some of these great conversations and episodes with people so that 
I can interact in the chat with whoever's hanging out. And that's been a lot of fun. We've been getting more people every week and lots of great comments. So join us on Thursday evenings for the End Evil podcast. And um, we'll see you there. Thanks for coming, folks. And um, let's keep those upbeat moods as much as possible. And if not, dive through it and weather the storm. There is there is going to be a silver lining on the other side. Yeah. Don't forget to like the video down below as well. If you did get value from that, that really helps the video get out and hopefully, you know, help more people that may be struggling with this stuff. So. Right. Share it with your friends. Yeah. All right, friends. Carpe diem. Thank you.